Hello, hello. Welcome to Ami Tuckered Out. I am your host, Ami Tucker Ravel. And um, you know what, guys? I'm feeling lighter today. Doesn't the air outside feel like lighter? We have a new president, guys. And I know things aren't back to normal, but it feels like a little less crazy. I'm just excited. And I'm really excited about my interview with the co-founders of Product of Culture, Archana Jane and Monica Sharma. Product of Culture is a WOC, Woman of Color, founded and funded collective that amplifies brown brands and creatives with strategy, content, and experiences rooted in culture. It's a super cool story. We talk about it all. The second half of the interview, I'm pretty sure we're just laughing. So if you can't understand it, don't worry. Just go to their site and check out all their upcoming events. I hope you enjoy my interview with Archana Jane and Monica Sharma. Really, really loved arts and really, really appreciated culture, even if it wasn't what they wanted me to pursue professionally. Right. No, so I agree with that. I saw my dad, of course, as an engineer um, and my mom was a dietitian slash Montessori school teacher, but I was put in Bharatanatyam, Kathak. Um, I, I think it's appreciation for the art, but I also think it's appreciation for just to connect to our culture, right? It's kind of kind of everything. And so, hey, Archana, <laughs> we're talking about how our, our parents were hardcore education, but then also put us in like a bunch of artistic classes and cultural classes to, to make sure we, we were connecting with back, back home for them. Did you grow up taking any of those classes? Uh, no, not really, because we the area that we grew up in was very um, just didn't have the option. Right. And my parents were both I was a latchkey kid. So pretty much, um, you know, it's just they didn't really they were both working for such long hours that we just didn't have the time to kind of focus on that kind of stuff. So I didn't really grow up with a, a lot of uh, brown friends. We had like family friends that were very like, you know, they, we were like the ones that hung out on like the weekend sometimes or birthday parties, but uh, that cultural infusion wasn't really there, but it happened for me just because of like, you know, my parents were very uh, good about taking us to India every, almost every other year. And so it was a full immersive experience because my dad was a professor. So so I'm curious about your, your parents, Archana. So you said your dad's a professor would at call at a college or? Yep. Mm-hmm. He's okay. a math professor. Mm-hmm. And then your mom? She's a librarian at the New York yeah. Public Library. New York Public Library. That's really cool. Okay. That's awesome. Sorry. It's just, it's just not, it's not, that's unique, right? Like I haven't heard that. Yeah. I've like grown up in libraries in New York. Growing up, Monica, you're an audiologist. I think you're the first one I've ever met, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, There's not a lot uh, of us. There, yeah. So can you just explain to me that path, like how you got there? Yeah. So um, I was I had just had a really brutal chem exam and I was terrified because I was like, there's no way I'm going to get into med school and I need to figure out some kind of alternative path and still be a doctor and still pursue medicine. And I was spiraling and I didn't know what I was going to do. So I went to the library and I typed in 
pre-health professions and audiology starts with an A. It was the first one on the list. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? Like, this sounds so cool. And the field of audiology, if you don't know, it's pretty much, I mean, you help people hear better. It's everything relating to hearing and balance. So um, as you know, I had a, I have a bachelor's in Indian classical music. And when I was doing my bachelor's, I used to get a lot of ear infections. So I would get an ear infection, I would lose my hearing, and it would be kind of this really traumatic experience of I was like, I don't know how I'm going to sing, I can't hear myself. So when I came across it, I was like, okay, this is something I've personally experienced, I know what it's like, I can relate. And I mean, it was it was a great program. Um, it's four years, not eight to 12. So a little bit more doable. Right. Um, and I, I really love it. So the path to become a doctor, was that what you wanted to do? Or did you feel pressure? I definitely felt pressure to do it. I'm not going to lie. Once I fell into it, once I started grad school, I really, I really grew into it. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change my life for anything. Um, I'm, I even tell my parents like, thank you for pushing me, but yeah. I don't think that's the case for everyone. And I, right. I think that I was like, I'll give grad school a shot and I'll see how I feel about it. And I, I loved it. So I did it. That's fantastic. And then you also got your Bachelor of Music in Indian Classical Music. So you you kind of balanced them both out, right? Yeah. So the bachelor's I did um, through a college in India was a seven-year program. So I started when I was in middle school, finished it in high school. So I had that before I did undergrad. So my undergrad is in biology and psychology. So very science-driven. Okay. So, I mean, that's amazing. So what are you doing now with music? Are you still kind of involved in it in any way? I absorb it and I listen to it and I enjoy it. <laughs> and, and, you and you have a Spotify playlist, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like playlist making is just kind of like my, it's my therapy. I think with POC, we curate a lot and we're constantly working with artists and we're constantly doing all the stuff. And my own Spotify playlists are just kind of like my own little playground of, of what I'm feeling and what I'm doing. And sometimes it's just a nice a nice mental break from the great mental break. The wow. constant curation that is product of culture. That that is product. Yes, we will get to that. Um, and then Arshina, you're a marketing strategist, management consultant, brand storyteller. I mean, you have like so many things going on here, and, and it's amazing. You got a master's in public relations and corporate communications. So, can you tell me how you got there? I have my undergrads in engineering. Oh, okay, good. So you checked that off the list. You're like, okay, everyone, everybody calm down. <laughs> everyone relax. <laughs> and even then, like my, my dad, my mom is very much like, do whatever you want. Just be happy. Like she's very much that my dad is not. Um, and so engineering was my way out of the house. So that is what I did. Um, and it was an in industrial and um, manufacturing engineering. So like efficiency of operations and quality assurance and that kind of stuff was like, was and is my jam. It was, I did that and I graduated and immediately tried to find a job that I could just get into marketing and communications. There's something that I really wanted to do and uh, I couldn't. So I was, I worked in an engineering job and just started doing events on the side and paid for grad school that way. Cause I knew I had to get a grad degree in order to actually like move. Uh, into a field that I want. So yeah, I planned weddings um, for a couple of years, paid for grad school, and I got my my grad degree. And I started working uh, at Edelman. And um, and I was part of uh, their Gurgaon office. 
and India. So that was kind of my first like dip into the South Asian space. And it was really, it was just like, I, there was no looking back after that. I just really got soaked deep into the, the South Asian space in terms of work, where even now, and I started my consultancy a few years after that. And um, my focus has been on crisis comms and like crisis management uh, within brand work. And, um, you know, at least half of my clients have always been based in South Asia. And so my life has been very much like split between both, both continents for me. And so right. it's, um, it's been really cool. It was unexpected because I just didn't have, I wasn't so soaked into the brown space, but it was just something I was, I was naturally leaning towards because I was fluent in, I've been fluent in Hindi and I can, I can read, I can sort of write. So it was just kind of made sense. And I really loved being that proverbial bridge that everyone talks about, right? Like connecting, connecting like the homeland to here and all that kind of stuff. So that's where a lot of my work has been. Do you think, Part of you was craving that since you didn't get to grow up No, with it? I don't think so. Because I, I think being a New York City kid, I never felt like I was missing out on anything because whenever there's plenty of cultural things that I was a part of and all those, you know, those facets of growing up brown. Um, I think it was just finding your, finding that spot that you can actually add value. And I felt like I can really right. do something here and, or, you know, eventually it will mean something to have this much identity, you know, like I can, I can figure out, I can understand what young people in India are feeling. I can also understand what young people here are feeling. And I, I, I realized very early that that was, that's, that's something that most don't have. And, um, right. Yeah. And so I just, I just felt like I could actually add value and I wasn't you know, wasting my time. We're, we're lucky to have the positions that we're in. Yeah, definitely. Um, on a side note, you said Gurgaon, right? Mm-hmm. Like Delhi, Gurgaon. Mm-hmm. What what years did you live there? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and um, a bit of eleven. Okay, I was in Gurgaon, so we got married. I got married in two thousand nine. We moved mm-hmm. to Gurgaon. We were literally there. I lived in uh, the Pinnacle. Oh my god! I I was straight up living at the Courtyard Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I went there for so many drinks. So then I guess this is a question for you both. Uh, growing up, kind of what do you think your personal narrative was of the South Asian experience here in the U.S.? I think I think when I was younger, it's funny, I, I, I grew up in a town called Bolingbroke, which is next to Naperville, but not quite Naperville. And it's funny because it's, it's a relatively small town, but um, from ages one through nine, I lived on one part of Bolingbroke, and then we moved to the side that was closer to Naperville. So um, when I didn't, when I lived on that first part, I was the only Indian kid in school and I got picked on. It was relentless. It was awful. And I, and I think my parents also caught on to that. And that's why they were like, we're getting out of here. We're moving and so we moved to the other side of Bolingbroke, which is closer to Naperville. Wow. And I, it's crazy because it's like 10 minute. It's a 10 minute drive. But the difference it made in how I saw myself was so big because the high school I went to in Naperville, I was one of five Sharmas in my graduating class. Like not oh. Patel, not at Sharma, right? So I was, there were a lot of Indian kids. And I think having that community of people and just seeing so many people that looked like me 
I think I had a really positive experience because it gave me community. It gave me friends. And, and I definitely had a lot of friends that were not Indian, but just having that built in friendship and that those built in shared experiences, um, it was just a great way to grow up. So I think for me being South Asian has always been a really big positive and something that I've loved. And when my grandpa moved to Chicago, he was one of the first Indian families. So my parents' wedding was one of the first in the community. Wow. So I felt like I had so many sets of grandparents. And for every milestone I've hit, it's like so funny whenever we do something for product of culture and I post about it on my Facebook page. I mean, the aunties and the dadis, they just come out in full force. That's awesome. And to have had that support my whole life, I mean, it's it's incredible. That's awesome. What about you, Archana? I was never, um, I didn't hate it. I think I was embarrassed by it. And my parents believe fully in the immersive experience. So I felt like my dad always looked for the opportunity to just throw me to the lions where it would be like, we're going to like a wedding, full, you know, full, full situation, <laughs> like <laughs> jewelry, clothes, all that stuff. And it would be like, go to CVS and get a wedding card. <laughs> and it's like, no, I don't want to. And I would always like, and I think my reactions would just be like, no, mom can do it. I'm not going to, he would just yell at me, like, get out of the car, <laughs> go do it. And I was so embarrassed, but I also lived in a very, um, I lived between the projects and a blue collar Italian neighborhood. So I was the only like kid that looked like me in my elementary school. So everyone always assumed that I was a mixed kid. Like my dad's black, my mom's white. Like that was, that was like their assumption. So right. it was always, it was very odd in our area. Right. Right. To be walking around with, you know, there was like this, I just remember this like, like Guido, so legit. And he was looking, he's like, hey, that's a nice caftan. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Like, I, I appreciate, I appreciate your, your appreciation. Kind of love it. Awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was kind of, it was just, it just felt like, like awkward. But um, I don't know, I just grew up with a lot of New York energy. So it was just right. kind of like, I'm not embarrassed by it. Like it is what it is. It's fine. You know? Yeah. And then you mentioned that you felt maybe your connection when you started working at Edelman and started going to India more, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've always felt connected because we just took so many trips as a family and, you know, my, my family there was, was my family. We didn't really have anyone here. We had friends, but we didn't really have family. So it was just, you know, family was there and friends are here. And I always felt directly connected because of that. But, it, you know, there was a lot of things that people have had ne negative experiences were good experiences for me. Like Apu from The Simpsons was not a bad thing for me. Um, okay, let's get into product of culture. So first, how did you guys meet? What's the story behind that? It was a beautiful fall day. Yay! I met our two. I'm going to put Bollywood music in the background. <laughs> I really think you should because, oh my God. Um, I met Archna at the Chicago South Asian Film Festival where we both used to work. Um, I think when I met her, I think I was like 20, underage, wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> Uh, Archna had just or maybe you weren't supposed to be drinking <laughs> I think at a film festival is fine um, Archana had just moved from Chicago she was or to Chicago she was this mysterious stranger 
Um, and I was like, who is that person? I'm from like here and I know everyone. I don't know her, but um, yeah, she, I forget. What did you do the first year? I only remember you as festival director. I don't even remember anything else that you did. Honestly, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, I was, I, I came on board as marketing. Actually, I had done a lot of work for um, some of the pro bono work for some of the festivals in New York. And so when I moved to Chicago, I was like, I don't know anyone. I was like, well, I have these great PR contacts. So let me just find if there's a festival and I can at least like help and make friends. And that's, so I had jumped on to like marketing and that, that's what I did that first year. Okay. When Monica and I met. Sorry. So you <laughs> met, so, so Monica and it was love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> you were probably both really drunk, but yes. <laughs> I mean, and Monica was definitely 21 at this point. So it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> and and then what? What were the discussions? Like how did how did the the bonding and ha- what what happened next? Well, the year after that, I think it was a year after that, Archana became festival director for the film festival and um she brought me on. I um and we just found that we worked really well together. We both um we both don't love our life. <laughs> Yeah, we're both like, I can't even think of a positive way to say that we are insane and we just <laughs> we just put it all out there. So it's fine. You can curse on this podcast and completely read it off. I can't. Yeah, yeah. I want my parents to hear it. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just we worked really well together. Um I think for us it basically it really worked out well for us because we were pressure tested so much in the roles that we were in. And uh, for me, you know, Monica became such a, such a great sounding board because I, you know, she has, she just had all of the things that I needed in someone as like a support system for me. And I think um, as Monica, and it, then, you know, it went on for a few years. And so as Monica kind of moved up, I think she was unable to rely on me in the same way. And it was just such a great, learning experience for us about each other. And because we were like pressure tested so much, we understood where each of us lacks, you know? And it's like, it's great to like, know like how you both work together so well and all that stuff, but it's like, we know where the gaps are. And I think um, that really became such a, such a strong reason why uh, the festival excelled as much as it did um, in the years that, that we were there. Yeah, I mean, and and we moved on from it. I moved on from it, and then everyone kind of followed followed through after that. And it was it was because they really didn't um, appreciate diaspora filmmakers. They didn't appreciate diaspora and immigrant stories. And I, you know, I genuinely felt like it was something that we had to pay attention to. The idea of Pac was kind of like buzzing in my in my brain for a while, and. It was just this thing of, you know, can we just have something that can help creatives or, you know, just help South Asians understand how many great things are happening out there. And it was a gap that I noticed when I moved to Chicago, where being in New York, you don't, those things don't matter. I always talk about this, where it's like, you know, uh, an actress or an actor being South Asian didn't matter. Because in New York, you're just surrounded by so many different people and all those things. You don't feel weird, right? But when I moved to Chicago, I really understood what middle America is really like. And middle America is genuinely America. 
that's what it is. And it made me angry because I was like, no, but you can do whatever you want. Like, what do you mean? It's like, I don't see someone like me and I don't know if I can do it. My parents, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, just do it. And that's, but that's something you can, you have to be exposed to, to understand that you can actually just do things, you know, like it might piss some people off, but you can just do it. You can try. And that was, that was the basis of, um, of product of culture was let's just create something where, you know, that creative kid that's in Nebraska who doesn't have anyone that looks like them around them, at least they can see, you know, oh, wow, this person is here and they're doing this. And that's so cool. And, you know, just start curating that experience for them so that they can start seeing representation. And that was, that was the start when the festival kind of ended for all of us, um, that we went ahead and started Proactive Culture and started our own film festival to kind of create the space that we saw was really missing. So it seems like kind of a simplified way of putting it, a home for brown creatives, right? For everyone to kind of gather. So I guess when you initially started it, what were your expectations? Like what we were kind of hoping to get out of it? We wanted to create a space. The whole concept was, you know, online curating and offline community building. That was the idea where it's like, okay, it's great. Let's create something where everyone can, you know, kind of find this, this concept of representation and um, just be able to see other people doing creative things, other South Asians doing creative things. But let's also start creating these communities in person. And, you know, I think for the outside world, this concept of South Asian is so important. But as South Asians, we have to not be delusional and think that South Asian is like the only thing. It's like we're such a such a beautiful mix of people, you know, and, and everyone has different right. requirements and experiences and all those kinds of things. And for us, it was like, you know, you can genuinely start bringing communities together and not be, you know, subsets of each other. If you start getting these young people who are creative, that's like the that's that's that, you know, that common base let's get them all together and let's start doing, you know, the easiest thing we thought was let's do pop-ups. You can get a bunch of creatives together. You can get a bunch of, you know, and their audiences together and everyone can just kind of be in the same space and really learn from each other. That was the idea from the get-go. And everyone I think has always thought that like, or thought that it was this, this machine where it was like, there's a goal and there's like a this and a that. And it's like, there was never a goal. That, that was the goal and that is the goal still where we have to just keep furthering that footprint of South Asians. You have to build your own community make it strong and then release it out into, into the world so that we start getting noticed outside of just ourselves. That's, and we've just always mor- like morphed with whatever the audience is asking for, whatever the space needs. Like we've been very fluid with that. And, you know, we're just, we're really, we're really excited about all the things that are coming for it. And it's just, it's still a space that's needed. At that time, not, nothing like right. this existed. And now there's just so many things. And it, that's, that's the beauty of it. It's like, you know, there's just more right. and more spaces for South Asian kids to be able to learn and grow and, you know, just experience each other. And I don't know, I'm super excited about all the stuff that's going to be happening with the community. No, I mean, it looks fantastic. Um, so, you know, you started in 2017. So from from start till now, uh, 
two-part question and, and Monica, feel free to jump in and answer. How many brands, businesses do you guys work with now? And then considering the immense growth of brown creatives we've seen, how have you guys been able to kind of get everyone together? What's been your method or has it just been kind of word of mouth? In terms of how many brands and businesses, I mean, it's one of the cool things about um, POP. We're, we're able to work with so many different types of brands and businesses, whether it's musicians, you know, entrepreneurs, things like that. In terms of how many at this point we've worked with, I mean, um, probably over 300, maybe even more just off the top of my head. Most recently, we did a um, a, a digital pop up that featured over 200 South Asian um, businesses. So, um, you know, we've been really lucky. Um, and in terms of just how do we get them to collaborate and work together? I think it's just um, it shows how important the space is and how important platforms and stages for brown creatives are. You know, there there aren't enough of them. And kind of like Art said, when we started, we were the only one. And that that's also kind of another reason why the pop-up came about. When we were doing the film festival, we were like, you know, forget film. If you're a musician or a painter or anything, I mean, there's nothing that exists. So I think just it's very like field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Um, but I, I think that that's part of it. And for us, it's always been about the creatives. Like Art said, there wasn't like this mastermind business plan where we're trying to like build something or take advantage of anyone. And I think that any artist or any person that's ever worked with that has felt that, that we are truly there to create the safe space and, and to amplify them as much as possible. Um, and I think that's, that's the way we love to build community. And then that's why when people work with us, they feel that, that they feel that we're here for you. And then they they become, you know, advocates for us as well. So we've been, we've been really, really lucky. And I think huge kudos and props to the first people that we worked with when we did those first pop-ups, because we were, I mean, who are we, right? And nothing like that had ever existed. So for them to take that chance on us in the very beginning, um, much love to all of yes. them. And, and yeah, it's just only grown from there. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and to your point, um, uh, Mon, it's kind of, you know, when we had done that first pop-up, we were so conscious of, you know, this is about creatives, right? And this is about the audience coming together and learning about these different people that are a part of this pop-up. And, you know, we kind of looked at the guts of everything. It's like, okay, what are the things that are lacking in the South Asian community? And the biggest thing is trust. The biggest thing is trust because, you know, if you talk to someone at that time, especially, it was like, what, why, why would you do that? Why are you doing that? What are you getting out of it? You know, it was just, and, and, you know, a lot of people get turned off by it, but I like, I mean, Monica and I bo are both built the same way. We just get empathy. It's like, no, what do you mean? Like, like, why like, would we... this. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Well, I think I'm going to add on to that. I feel like. Also, there is a sense of competition with South Asians. You know, is there, if that person's making it, is there a space for me? You know, that kind of feeling, not just with women, just with in general, because, you know, it's such a small group, right? Yes. And at that time, social was really jumping off. And so the numbers really did mean a thing. Right. They obviously mean a thing now too, but people are so much more aware of the fact that, you know, anyone can blow up at any point. So you just have to be nice across the board. At that time, there was definitely this thought process of why should I share my audience? 
where if I'm at this, this much, why should they benefit from that? And it's like, and you know, my brain just works in that marketing way. It's like, stop, yeah. like, stop. like, like sharing an audience is a good thing, you know? And at that time, the concepts didn't exist, but in our minds, like we had talked about this, where it was like this concept of a macro influencer and a micro influencer, right? So it's where you can have someone that has a crazy following, but it's like, how many people are actually engaging with you? How many people are actually going to come out for you? Then you've got those like local people who are really considered micro, but their people show up. And, you know, we kind of that we had to talk them into it. And, you know, we did very simple things at that time, which we have continued till this day, which is, you know, everyone got the same contract to participate. And, you know, everyone was copied on the same thing. It was like, no one is getting a different deal because you're here or you're there or whatever. And, and I think it, that is what we started doing from the beginning to help build that trust of, you know, we're not messing with you. Like this is, this whole thing is bigger yes. than you and it's bigger than us. There is a lot more to this. And for us, it's always been about data collecting. You know, like that first pop-up we did, selfishly, we we're both in Chicago, selfishly, I was like, let's do it in New York, right? Because I was like, it's not gonna look dumb. I can get 70 friends to come. It's gonna be great. I was so nervous that, you know, we weren't gonna have people show up and, you know, these artists would feel like, you know, they didn't get like what they what they wanted or came for and all that stuff. And you know, we were prepared for 50 to 70 and we had around 700 show up. And, you know, it was a Thursday. I was, I was very pregnant at the time. And so I was, I was like mentally in some psychotic place where it was like, let's do it like a real pop-up. We're going to like announce it on Sunday. And this thing is on Thursday. It's like, let's do it like a real pop-up. Like if you find out, you just, you just come like, that's it. This isn't like a month long plan they showed up, they showed up and we were just like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> you should have seen her face. I mean, it was hilarious. So yeah, so Arch was literally a month from her due date. So she's like about to pop. I had flown in from but Sacramento. She's in, she's in a fantastic mood. <laughs> but she, she was, I mean, she was like carrying boxes. I mean, stressing me out so much. She was like, it was rain. I remember cause it was rainy and everything was slippery. And she was like in these heel boots walking up these stairs, carrying boxes. <laughs> Sounds I mean, totally right. Yeah. And I'm like from Sacramento in like a winter coat because I'm freezing. Uh, and I was in, I was like in residency at the time. Monica, you're coming from the, the farmlands of Sacramento. <laughs> it was, and yeah, I mean, we were both just like, okay. And the line out that door before we had even opened doors. I was so stressed. We were like, wait, we did not plan for this. Like we were not expecting. And it was like, it's a fluke. We, who, who did it? Like, how did they show up? Who told them? Whatever, whatever. Right. And it was like, this is never going to happen again. Right. And, and literally like to, to test out the concept, we then did it in February in LA. So two months later or three months later, we did it in LA to say, all right, let's, let's, really prove it and and we had yeah there was no connection we just showed up in LA there was no reason to like it was just like all right I thought it was like such a flex it's like okay we're gonna do it in New York what's like the next let's do it in LA coast to coast we can do this and man they showed up it was probably the same thing and that event we actually had Deepika was there she had just launched Lib Tinted 
And she was there, Babu the painter was there. So shout out to both of them because they have been day ones for for real day ones. And um, yeah. and that proved it to us. And it was just like, all right, okay, we have something. Let's just keep, let's just keep building. And we continued doing more pop-ups. We added music and we you know, just added different. Great. We just kept trying different ideas. We did our, like we did the first like South Asian art pop-up at Art Basel last year. Last year, I guess 2019. <laughs> I know. 2020 was like 18 years long. So, so a quick question on your, on your latest pop-up. Um, a, how did it go? And then B, how were you able to navigate it through this pandemic? Uh, pop-up, the pop-up went exceptionally well. Um, we had done the first one in May, in April. Monica, do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, I mean, when pandemic first hit, we, we, I mean, we had a whole calendar of events planned out for the year and we were kind of like, okay, well, that goes in the trash. Um, but since our, our goal has always been, how can we support creatives? We were kind of like, this time has got to be really, really tough for our people. So what can we do, you know, to help them and to still kind of keep this community alive and thriving? Um, Arch had always wanted to do a online digital pop-up. It's actually something that even from before we had done our first pop-up, it was something that she had really, really, she was like, I'm going to make it happen. But at the time, and just kind of things were pre-COVID, people just didn't trust the digital space. They were kind of like, well, why would you do it if you like do it in person, right? There's strength in numbers, people show up. No one wants to do a digital online pop-up. But then when COVID hit, it was like, okay, well, now this is our chance to try it and see how it'll work and it'll help the community. So we ran our first pop-up in April and it was kind of the same thing as our other pop-ups where it just surpassed all of our expectations. And we were like, wow, okay, so this is this is something that's needed and this is something that can really help. And I think one of the really cool things about the pop-ups have been a lot of the brands that we've worked with, a lot of the South Asian, you know, forward brands, they've they've really been created in the last year or the last couple of years. So it also shows how many people are starting to come to the space and create things for the space. So um, just working with the brands and starting to get to know, okay, what do you need? What can we help with? You know, what's missing? And so each pop up that we've done, we've added to it where it was like, okay, you know, you want to learn. So the second pop-up we did in May, we had a, a fireside chat with Pyle and she kind of talked to all the entrepreneurs and was able to answer their questions. And so we've kind of just kept building off this, you know, our original idea of, okay, let's create something that's missing and then let's just keep adding to it so that it really serves both the audience and right. the people participating. Right. So, and it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. So in terms of brands, can anyone join the pop-up or do you guys pick? So we've been, um, we, what we've done is we've kind of, we've sent out a form and we've been like, if you're interested in joining, if you want to join, you can always participate. Now, with that being said, some, you have to have some kind of item or something that you are able to sell. So with the pop-ups, we focus on brands that have tangible product okay. that they are selling. So like my jokes wouldn't work. I'm probably- <laughs> <laughs> working on I couldn't, couldn't sell my personality. So. <laughs> We're working on experiences for the next I'm totally okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, coming out with Ummy Tucker for $2 is totally fine. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're very... 
we're very inclusive. We're not going to turn someone away. And it's kind of what Art said about the very first pop-up, you know, it's a shared space. So you don't, you don't need to have thousands of followers in order to participate in any of our events. You just right. need to reach out to us and, and tell us that you're there and that you're interested. So we're not, we're not like, Oh, we're only going to pick. Snooty yeah. That's, you you know what? Have- Honestly, Monica, that's great because I have a tons of friends. I have tons of friends that are like, you know, influencers. But then I have a ton of friends that aren't and that are still doing great things but don't know where to go. Right. Cause they feel like, okay, I only have five. I mean, like, it's just, it's great that you guys are starting off the playing field level, you know, just equal. The like, numbers don't matter. Yeah, the That's numbers, great. Exactly. Cause it's, it's, it's what Arch was saying about that macro micro thing. If you have 500 followers, but they, they comment on every post, they show right. up for you, they share your stuff to me. Those 500 followers are worth so much more quality. <laughs> I don't know why I said that in an Indian accent, but I just felt like I had to. Okay, so then the South Asian Film Festival. That is that that's coming up or it's gonna be starting soon. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me more about that. Uh when is it starting and how can people get involved? So um the entire month of February, um Product of Culture is um launching this virtual, really fun digital space called um Pockfest. And it's going to include our film festival, which has um, around 45 submissions, including short films, music videos, documentaries. Um, We'll also be hosting masterclasses and workshops for filmmakers and audiences. Um, It'll the month long lineup of events will also include comedy shows, music performances, trivia nights, maybe some dating fun. Um, And then it will also include um, the South Asian, sorry, not South Asian, the Product of Culture Founder Summit, okay. um, which I know you were going to talk about in a little bit, but you can, we just you can, all, you can blend yeah, it all so, in. Yeah. Because uh, so basically, February is PopFest. PopFest com- is comprised of the South Asian Film Festival of America, the Founder Summit, and comedy shows, music, events, trivia, dating, all of it packaged into one fun online experience. So our goal is to, you know, I gotta pause for a second. What do you mean by dating? You'll have to, you'll have to find out. I'm an old auntie now with two kids and I've been married for 10 years. I just, I just, this is so, this is so fascinating to me. It's just, it's one, it's something that we haven't really delved into at this point. I mean, we've done a little bit of everything, but it's like the one thing we haven't really like helped with. And it's something that our followers have been asking us for because really, yeah, it's, it's, they're like, no, you guys are so tapped in. Can you host a dating event? It's just something that like we get asked over and over again. Okay. So, I'm just saying if you want to volunteer, any volunteers, I'd be great at this event. Like I could, yeah, totally, totally. you know, I could be the auntie like walking around and talking to people. I would probably get really, really into it. Like you might have to kick me out, but <laughs> No, no, no. You just let trusted, me know, homies. Trusted. I'm there. I'm good to go. <laughs> I can be like kind of cool, but then kind of old. I can handle both. <laughs> no. I'm yeah. very trusted. I'm very trusted. Not, not, nothing to gain here, my friends. I won't hit on any 22 year old Indian boys. Don't worry. It's fine. 
<laughs> no, I might. This is to feel better about myself. It's fine. Hey, it, they'll be better for it. <laughs> Gotta get them practice, dude. Yeah, you're, you're right, doing all the girls out there a favor. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, met, yeah. yeah. you go. Anyway, yeah. sorry, continue. You're talking about talking about Pogfest. Yeah, so uh, really. <laughs> While I'm trying to like get hired yeah, by you guys. So so you're hired. It's done. <laughs> so everyone come to Pogfest. Ami will be hosting the dating portion. Sign up now. <laughs> oh my God, it'd be so good. <laughs> I'm to open a bottle of wine after this. This is amazing. Champagne. Champagne. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to my ghetto podcast, guys. Continue. Um, awesome. Okay, so so everything's happening this. Everything's happening February. So if you like music, if you like comedy, if you're into film, if you're trying to date, if you're good at trivia, come through. Podcast is happening all month long. February. Awesome. There is something for all ages, all genres. Just come hang out. Okay. And so how do they, how do they do that? What do they need to go to? Like just your website? Yeah. Just come to our website. It's really cool. There's going to be an interactive live map. And so you're literally entering this virtual space and you can go to the different buildings. There's going to be some Easter eggs. It's, it's going to be super fun. Uh, you know, on, on the daily it's Monica and I, and we have an incredible support system, which is the team and they tap in for different parts of POC. And so we just, yeah. And, you know, it's, that's why it's been possible. There are, there are certain people that are so crucial to making things happen, like the shop. You know, we were very like, we were just in it with pandemic and without like these two or three people that really jumped in and, you know, whatever. but, you know, right for the daily though, it's Monica and I, and, you know, we're crazy, but we, it's like, you know, we just, you know, Oh my God, I love you guys. You're crazy and weird, and it's awesome. It's like the perfect blend of awesomeness. It's great. Um, okay, so then the South Asian Creative Summit. So how is that different from what you're doing with POC? Is it just more like focused on founders, I guess? So, um, so just we were called the South Asian Creative Summit, but we rebranded it to call it the Founder Summit because – um, we were targeting entrepreneurs and just kind of these shop people because we do so much. Um, so much of the summit is dedicated to how to help them. Um, but most entrepreneurs, most brand owners don't consider themselves creatives, even though they 100% are. So we changed the name from Creative Summit to Founders Summit because even though they are the same thing. Got it. And then what is, how can people get involved in that? And what is the summit doing? So the summit will also kind of happen in February. So we'll have signups on productofculture.org. And the, the goal of the summit is really to just be um, a value add for these founders. So all of the things that we were able to find in the last couple pop-ups that brands said that they needed help with, whether it's you know, some of the tactical stuff of, you know, trying to find a lawyer and get a patent, you know, how to create your brand identity, some of those tactical things to some inspirational things like, you know, speaking with Pyle and speaking with these people that yeah. have been so successful. We basically took all of the comments and every, every question that every brand had and packaged it into the Founder Summit. Okay, awesome. And then can anyone join that or how does that work? 
Yep. So tickets will go tickets will go live at the beginning of February. Okay. Um, but we'll have signups up on the website. So if you want to sign up for early access, just go to productaculture.org or you can DM us on social and we will get you added to the list. All right, ladies. So let's get to know each other a little bit. Last round. Um, you're going to answer for the other person. Okay. I, I want to know how much you guys really love each other. All right. All right. I feel like I need a drink. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the questions actually. You should, I mean, I should have told you guys to start drinking before the podcast. It's, totally <laughs> I mean, it's a podcast. It's fine. <laughs> let's not take life too seriously guys. Okay. Monica. All right. What is Archana's biggest pet peeve and vice versa? What is Archana's biggest pet peeve? Oh man. I think when people talk about things that they don't know anything about, like she seems to like that one. <laughs> there are so many people out there. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's That's like a good answer. Things that they don't know anything about. And it's talking, like, it's talking buckwass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Buckwass is, is right. Archana's biggest pet peeve. Right. Archana, what about Monica? Monica's biggest pet peeve is I'm trying to think like what's like a appropriate way to say it. People people that don't think things through. People that don't think things through. Is that right? Are you guys right about each other? Is yeah. that right? All right. Yeah. Monica, what is Archina's go-to alcoholic beverage? <laughs> Tequila. <laughs> if you ever watch like um one of one of my first memories of Arch and I've seen her do this is um she'll be like, let me teach you how to take a tequila shot. And she's like, you take the salt and you put it on your hand, you take the lime, and then you throw the lime, throw the salt, and you take the tequila shot. And she doesn't flinch, she just does it. And it's the most incredible thing. And yes, tequila is her drink of choice. Okay, she's I think she's my hero now. It's totally fine. She's my hero. Right. Monica, Monica loves tequila. Monica also loves a good gin drink, but she's the classier version of the two of us. And so she really enjoys a glass of wine. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. I actually, I mean, I don't discriminate. I'll pretty much drink or yeah. eat anything. Yeah. Like even if it's been sitting out, even if it's a week old. Yeah. This, is a fact. this is a fact. This is a fact. You know what? Though? That builds immunity. It's totally fine. No, don't, don't say that to her. Please do not I, say that to her. Monica, I got you back, girl. Go ahead. <laughs> Eat that shit off the ground, dude. No, it's good. No, no. Okay, so some 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 cheesy question. What cheesy question, Monica? What is Archana's? What does Archana think is her biggest strength? She, not what you think. I hope she. Okay, I hope she thinks that her biggest strength is ideation. She can like come up with an idea. I think that's also the reason why Pac has grown as much as it is. I mean, she is like a literal idea queen. She's constantly ideating to the point where I'm just like, I need to go to bed. Bye. Tequila. No more ideas. Right. right. I'm right. But right. yes. Arshana, what about Monica? Um, it is Monica's ability to curate. Monica's ability to put things together that make sense. And she does that in every facet of her life. She is just that person that will, I mean, you know, her, you can see that in her group of friends. You can see that in the way that she lives. You can see that on her music playlist, like everything. She is like the vibe queen. She creates a vibe and she is all about everyone experiencing that vibe and enjoying that vibe. <laughs> that is very much her. She's, 
Yeah, she's that person that makes it all work. Is that about right? Yeah. To a fault, maybe, but yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what, uh, so Monica, what was Arjuna's last Netflix binge? Oh. Um, this is actually, uh, it's probably a kid's TV show. Oh, God, yeah. Um, it can be Blippy because I feel like he's kind of over Blippy, but it could be Blippy. Yeah. But it's Blippy Netflix. Uh, Blippy is YouTube. Um, yeah, okay. That terrible man is YouTube. Um, <laughs> I don't even know who that is, but I'm like, uh... listen, listen, God bless. Oh, um, the, her last Netflix binge was that housewife show, but she didn't get to finish it because Pac in life. Wait, which one? Which housewife? Show? You know that one with the Indian housewives? Oh like, my God, <laughs> Can we do another podcast on that? I mean, we definitely can't, but not until Art watches the whole thing. I have so many, like, comments and emotions and, like, I just, I don't even know how to feel about myself. Like, am I disgusted with myself that I watched the whole thing? I don't understand. We all had to do it. Yeah, like, I was watching it, and then I was sweating. It was very confusing. Anyways. (laughs) Arshina, what about Monica? Monica's latest binge was probably, so we have a programming team for the film festival. And so then when when the selections kind of came through and the judge, like the, the numbers for judging came through, like Monica was just like spazzing out because she wanted to like just watch it all like piece after piece. And she sat there, I think pretty much within two days and watched like 40 some odd projects. And she was just like, she was so excited. She's like, I want to see what the festival is going to look like. <laughs> that's, that's pretty so not, not a Netflix binge, but it was like binge. the most disgusting binge ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love film festivals, but but by nature, a lot of the projects are heavy and dark. Yeah. So I was just like, putty up, <laughs> like just sobbing, like tears. And it's all like diaspora content, right? right so you're right. like that brown kid. Like, yeah. I feel for him you basically went through like hours of therapy by yourself yeah it was great i mean it was very cathartic and what was the netflix show that was the netflix show you were watching and um i was like hating on it so hard There's well i think my most recent bit netflix binge was uh, probably bridgerton which was really bad because then i also started like thinking i was living in the 1800s and like British and like, Hey Monica, I just finished, I just finished it. (laughs) My husband was very close to walking out on me. He was like, do you realize like what you're doing to your brain? I'm like, I know it's melting, but I literally my boyfriend walked in and he was like, Oh, how's this show? I was like, it's trash. And then he came back the next day. He's like, why are you watching the show? It's trash. And I'm like, because it's so good. (laughs) So trashy and just so satisfying. I'm like, God, I love this. And then, yeah. And then I wanted to live in that time. And I was like, Oh wait, I can't. I want the blue dress. Yeah. Yeah. That makes my boobs look amazing. Yeah. I know. I was like, what? I want boobs. Like what the, okay. Anyways, another podcast. Okay. Two more. Um, actually, you know, this is for both of you guys. You can answer on your own. Who would you like to work with that you haven't yet? I mean, besides me, you guys calm down, <laughs> calm down everyone. <laughs> you already left. You already locked in. So I'm going to let Arch go first on this one. You're going to let me go first. Um, yeah, I go first on Netflix binge. Um, I would like to work with the guy from Bridgerton too. <laughs> 
Mm, (laughs) maybe you know i mean that way yeah there's like there's a lot of options um (laughs) not that way the other way (laughs) um i think if there was anyone on my dream list i think radhika jones would be number one on my list yeah she seems like a badass yeah she just seems like yeah Yeah. i would just love 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 to talk to her that could happen that could happen yeah very possible yeah Yes. yes, but that's yeah. like kind of my, yeah, she would be my You know what? One. You and her will go out for drinks. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Just throw it out into the universe. Just whatever. <laughs> I think for film festival, it would it would be incredible to get to work with Mira Nair, whether it's in a space where she gets to gets to share advice or if we just get to hear more of her process I think something like that would just be so incredible because for me, she's kind of like the diaspora filmmaker. You know, she's one that we've grown up with and that really tells that story beautifully in a way that audiences that aren't South Asian have also just loved and, and grown to appreciate. So I think I think she would be on my my dream board. You know what, Monica? There's potential of that happening. Um, and then last question. <clears throat> Monica, when Urchina dances, who does she remind you of? What's her dance My, move? Anytime that we've been dancing, either I'm dancing and she's recording me, or we're both just like jumping up and down. Like the dance move is to jump. Nice. So, yeah. Is that a mutual thing, Urchina? Same thing? Yeah. I mean, from like Monica is like, I'm very like, you know, I am very like underground reggae club and Monica is very graceful swan. Like she is, she's very good. Like she can just like, she'll just dance and she's just like good. She's just good. I like the combination though. And then I'll come in. (laughs) I'm I'm a fake break dancer. So like uh, what I'll do is when the circle starts, I come in and I pretend to start like moving around and then when everyone gets occupied, I leave. And then everyone thinks I break. I did a break dance, but I never did. This one my go to so since cool. like college. I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm just gonna like plug one of my playlists really quick because I feel like you'd be down. But I have a Bollywood Power Hour playlist where the song changes every minute, and you have to drink every time the song changes. And I don't care who you are, but by the end of it, you are dancing like it's so good. Oh yeah. I'm your girl, dude. Yeah, this is this is what it's I do. Okay. I mean, I embarrassed my family many, many times with my dancing. I mean, like, yeah, I've gotten worse and worse as the years go by, but I'm not going to stop. That's <laughs> no, fine. you shouldn't. No, I, 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 I won the Dandia Championships at UT when I was in college. All right, like I did the Ross, that's, the Ross Rages. Okay, that's no joke. Yeah, the dance, like the Ross, Ross Rage, Ross, Ross Rage competitions, 2000 no champion here. All right. Okay, guys, I swear to God, we were not drunk, or at least I don't think we were, but it kind of felt like it. So, but you know, we'll, we'll make it happen next time. Super cool getting to know them. I hope I get to work with them in the future. Please check them out, project, productofculture.org, and follow them on IG at productofculture. As always, you can follow me at Out. Lots of exciting things happening. I have some new announcements, some big changes, 
I just, I'm excited. We have a new president. There's just so much going on. And I'm going to go get another cup of coffee. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. This is Ami Tuckered out. Out.